is challenging and leads to a lot of stress. Do you ever feel it hard adapting to change in workplace or life in general? Would you like to learn some tips to be able to adapt to change and prepare for success no matter what changes come your way? If so, you are in the right place. Stay tuned. Hello, friends. Joining us today is Nita Sanger. Uh, hi, Nita. Hi, Dr. Rosina. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Thank you for joining us. Nita is a CEO of Idea Innovate Consulting. She is a transformational C-suite executive with expertise in transforming service businesses. She helps them refocus and re-energize operations for sustained market growth and liquidity events. She's a passionate supporter and believer in empowerment for women. And I'm really glad she's joining us today. And if this is the first time you are joining us, my name is Dr. Rosina, and I have been helping people with stress, anxiety, and depression for the last 20 years as a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry, a university professor, and a best-selling author. And you are watching Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina, a weekly program where we bring practical tips for your mental fitness. If you are attending the program live, you can ask questions in the comment box. And if you're listening to the recording and would like to participate in future, go ahead and text JOYFUL to 38470 so we can send you reminders. And remember to like, subscribe, and press the bell button, whichever platform you're watching us. So today we are discussing ways to develop resilience to change in workplace and prepare for success despite changes. Sunita, so why don't you tell us why you think it is so important to develop resilience to change? So, so thank you, Dr. Rosina. I think it's really important for us to develop resilience to change because in the current world that we are living in, I think change is the only constant. Things are constantly changing. And if you just think about what we've been through in this current year with, you know, with COVID coming about and something new happening every day and, and the news is like never ending, I think it becomes really important to basically be able to change and adapt what you're doing personally and professionally so that you can stay on top of everything that is going on. That's wonderful. I totally agree. So how did it become important in your life? What, how, how was your life before you developed this resilience to change? So, so I think, uh, you know, Change is not easy. So, and I'll give you my wh wh why I developed it and how I developed it. So I had grown up in India, lived in the same house, same school, same friends. Just it was very, it's just same everything. And then what happened was in high school, I, my dad got posted when I was in high school. He got posted to Thailand where I was going to be going into a new school in, a, uh, in an international school where there was going to be kids from 80 different countries. So moving from where I was, you know, knew everything, very familiar, very homogenous into this totally new environment. And in fact, like the first month when we got there, my my body was reacting so much to this change that I was throwing up every morning. So I think that was the first time that I, when I went through this dramatic change and it was really, really hard. And so I think then when I then I was able to figure out ways to deal with it. And I think that's what made me sort of develop the resilience because I'm when you start doing that, you start learning what to do going forward. That's that's true. I also had to go through a lot of changes like that because I also moved from Pakistan to US, mm -hmm. but I moved at age twenty-five. So 
it was still pretty hard. I so, can imagine. So once you develop this resilience, what kind of results were you able to see? So I think what happened was that I was what I was able to see as a result of that was that I was more able to deal with change because when the high school I went back to India, I had gained a year, so I was then away with away from all my friends that I'd grown up with, was in a different grade, so I had to deal with that. Then I did my bachelor's and my master's there. I went to live in Dubai. Then I moved to the US. So I think that what I developed there actually then helped me as I was moving forward to deal with change, which I saw in different places. And you start building that skill, which then you can say, okay, I've done this before. New country, here's what I should do. And then move again. So I think that helps you as, as you're going to move to different stages of your life. So you had the life forced you into learning these techniques. And so, but then now these, this resilience is helping you adopt to work situation mm -hmm. changes. Yes. So what happens is once you kind of develop that, you can, it, it applies to every part of your life. Doesn't mean it's always easy, but it's always there. So if you think about what I do for a living, I'm a consultant. And, my, and I've been doing that for the past 20 years. Consulting is always dealing with change. First, you're going from project to project, which means it's almost like getting a new job every time a project finishes. You work with new leaders and you work with new clients. The situation that you face at clients is different every time. So that means you have to constantly be able to adapt to new environments, the people that you work with and the problems that you're solving for. So I think that's what I started to find that once I got comfortable with it, it's a skill that not that takes a while to develop. And now I think almost if you put me in a place where I had to do the same job for 20 years, I would probably be going like somebody shoot me. I don't think I can stay without <laughs> dealing with change. So I guess you kind of get from one end to the other. That's that's true. And But a lot of people don't go through these major changes like moving mm -hmm. the countries. But a lot of people do go through work changes. Either they change the job or their work setting changes. Like mm -hmm. we all had to go through with COVID, like, you know, working from home instead of going to office or other changes that mm -hmm. these unexpected life events have brought for us. But people, you know, have to go from one job mm -hmm. to other, or they have to move from one city to the other. So there are always the changes that are happening. And um, so it seemed like you went through stress reactivity symptoms with your stomach problem and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so how did you deal with that stress? that helped you? So I think there's different ways and at different points of time, I did different things. But now what I tend to do is I tend to meditate. So you can do, and you pick what works for you. Either you go for a walk in nature, you meditate or you exercise because each one of them has the same effect that it helps create a positive hormone that makes you feel a little better able to deal with the change. And I know when you were talking about like, you know, what people, even if they don't have to go travel or leave and move from one country to the other, we are living in a world where new technologies are coming out all the time, which means you may have been doing your work in a certain way, just because you're 
your firm has introduced a new technology, you're going to have to deal with change. Or there's going to be a new boss coming in. So I think that's what you start to realize. Or your customers, their needs are changing. Take for all of us, banking. We used to go into a bank, talk to the teller, get our money out. Now with technology having advanced, you might not even need to go to the bank. So I think even if there's, even if we don't have to make big drastic moves, it's just that the world around us is changing and a lot of it enabled by technology. That's true. I remember when we had to go through like, you know, from paper scheduling system to yes. electronic scheduling system, how much some of our staff had a hard time uh, shifting. They were still writing on the paper, even when they were scheduling on the right. electronically. So, yeah, I think everybody kind of digs their feet in a little bit when yes. there is this change. But then the more they resist, sometimes the harder it becomes for mm -hmm. them and the whole team. Right. And so you said you said that you can kind of do the meditation or you can calm down, but the change is still there. So what mm. other things people can do? So I think in some ways you almost need to set up a process of how you deal with change. And there, like I said, in all of these things, there is no one right answer. And so I think what I found was that I actually tend to, I've not started setting up a process for myself. How do I deal with change? So the first thing when I see something changing, my first reaction is like, Oh my God. So I kind of get stressed out as because at the end of the day, we're all human because it doesn't mean it's the same problem happening again. It's a different thing. And so I think the first thing is to kind of calm down and sort of center yourself and say, okay, because if you're in that stressed out state, you cannot think what you need to do. Then it's then the second thing you, your second step. So it's almost like a five-step process. The second step you should do is then say, okay, what do I know? And what do I not know? And then what I don't know is there ways to find out information. And I'll sort of say, I'll, I'll give you an example as I'm talking about this, was when I was actually doing soccer. I decided to coach my kids in soccer, but I had no idea, never played soccer in my life, never done it before. And so that's, I was like, and I did it because we had moved to our town and I wanted to support my kids. So that's what I did. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, oh shit, now I've signed up for this. What do I do? And I, that's what I did. I'm like, okay, so what are the positions? Where do people play? What do they do? So I went and I did external research. Then you, then the, the third piece of this is there's going to be people who know more than you and actually make them part of your process. Like I was coaching the team. I was the coach, but then I was like with kids who probably had played soccer for many more years than I did. So I made them part of my team. My two assistant coaches were my team. So I think we, I said, okay, guys, let's, I would draw out what I thought we needed to do, but then I would bring them into and say, okay, tell me what skills you think you need help on or what skills should we be teaching them and then bring that together. So have people that you can sort of say, let's solve this together. So co-create the solution with them. The next piece is what's going to happen is that as sometimes you're so caught up in the middle of it that you might be missing out what the issue is. So if I was in the middle of a game, I would be so busy telling people what to do, you know, offense, go here, defense, go there, that I would not, I wouldn't be able to observe what was happening in the bigger game. So then I asked parents who are watching the game, whose kids I was coaching to say, tell me, what is it you're seeing why my team is winning or losing? And then they pointed at something that should have been obvious that your offense is strong, but your defense is not. So that's what made me realize that they were right. And as soon as we did, we, I addressed that, I was actually able to, uh, we won the championship in the first year I, mm -hmm. I coached. So I'm, I can all, I give total credit to people giving me that feedback. So I think what that tells you is have people who are invested, but not in the middle of this, who can give you advice. Because that becomes really important because they can see things you don't and are not so emotional about it. 
And then last, but certainly not the least is going to be, they might be when you, when you start doing stuff, you might need to realize you need to course correct because you think you have the answer, but the answer might need to be uh, it, to tweaked. And so I think that's what you need to, you need to be able to pivot. So in some ways, those are the sort of the five steps that you should be following as you're dealing with change. Freak out for then center yourself <laughs> and then sort of say, okay, what information I need? Look at your team, create a team, get somebody who's on the outside to help you out and then be willing to course correct. Don't hold on to say, no, no, I know this is the right answer. Now I'm not moving because that becomes very important. You remind me the three step of stress to joy. So for my book and course, the, the formula that I use mm. is CPR. So C mm. is for calm down. Mm. P is for processing what is coming from outside that is not in your control and what is in your control. And R is respond, respond with uh, wisdom and mindfulness. And so you're kind of saying the same thing, like calm down, process what you know and what you don't know, mm. and then try to learn and modify as needed so that's wonderful and so is this is this what is called change management at work like i have you heard this word a lot change management so change management yeah so i think it's it's a combination there's there's two parts to it one is the change in the process right that because of the new technologies there are different ways of working that that might need to be adopted like you just pointed out sometimes you can work from home or you might need to be in the office, but there's much more changes that are there beyond that. But at the end of the day, I think the key to realize is that change is about people. And I think those are the things that are hardest to deal with because by nature, a lot of human beings are resistant to change. They are comfortable in how they're doing things, good, bad, or indifferent. And so they, they find it hard to change. And and the key to do it is to bring them along on the journey as much as possible so it doesn't feel like it's being thrust upon them, but that they are part of the solution. So it kind of goes back to what we had talked about before. Help them help you figure out what the right answer is. So if they are more than they're invested in it, they will help feel like they own it as well. But that's what it, it helps. And, and it also like... And when you think about it, like where we started off maybe a few years ago, you would be just working with people in your office. And so you could talk to them, meet them. But now this change is going beyond. You might be having offshore centers. You might be working with people from different countries, different cultures. Then I think still following that same kind of process where you work with them becomes really important so that you can sort of all understand how you're going to be doing this in the same fashion. That becomes very key. And, and I think it's become more and more critical that to realize that change is about people and there's no right or wrong answer. It, you just have to make sure that people are comfortable with it. Yeah. So what if you don't like the change? And I'm sure that's going to happen. And, and it's going to be, I think, what you have to also then start understanding. And, and a lot of time when people be doing that and I would be like, oh, my God, they're not getting it. What's what's wrong? Until I started to realize that when people are dealing with change, they will say something. They'll be like, oh, you don't understand. Oh, you don't know this. And I got to hear this. Oh, you're not an auditor. You don't understand. You're not a lawyer. This is how we've always done it. But what you don't, then what you have to see is what's beyond behind that. And I think the the fear could be, I might lose my job or I might this I might not be needed in my role anymore. What's going to happen? Let just everything stay the same until I retire. Do I really need to learn something new? And I think that's the key you need to identify in some ways what's what's holding them back. And then 
help them understand doesn't mean that they would all understand it at the same time. So you have to find almost your evangelists, the people who are the early ones who are willing to adopt it and then are willing to go talk to people. So you need to identify those few people who will then bring the others along. It's in some ways like a bell curve. You'll get the few people who are very excited and want to do it. You need to get those people who will then bring in the others along the way. Let me ask Nita, so you're talking about adjusting to big changes at work. How does this resilience help you in your home life? So I think it helps you in your home life because, again, and, and this is for people who have kids, as kids, when they are small, they have certain needs that, that and it's very basic needs. But as they get to, like, as they're getting older, their needs change. They need to, or when they go into teenage years, their needs are going to be different. So you're going to need to make sure that you continue to change how you deal with them. And also you realize that in some ways you set the tone of what, is going to happen in your house and i and i wanted to sort of give you a story right we, we were getting our our house done our, and our kids were pretty young they must have been like three and five and i was like very nervous i was like should we go rent another house and when we get the work done but then what i realized was as we were sure and we said okay whatever we need to do we need to make sure they're comfortable first and then we would move everything else around that we realized that they were confident because they had the trust in us that we would be able to make sure that whatever the changes were around them, that they would still be okay. And I think that's kind of what you have to realize that even, and in the same thing, like as a child is growing, when they get to a teenage stage, they're already dealing with so many changes, their hormones, their social media and whatever, everything. They need to know that the home is the safe place. So, which is why I think you have to, that's what you have to sort of have that balance, which is why it becomes incredibly important to be able to deal with change. Because then I think that's why you hear parents having conflicts when they're fighting with a teenage child. He's not listening to me. She's not listening to me. You almost need to do the same thing and say, what exactly are these behind what they are doing? Same thing. So it helps you at work. It helps you in, in the, you know, in the office to be able to understand what's behind their reactions. That's true. And what you are talking about that you need to listen Mm. non-judgmentally yes and keep an open mind mm. i think one of the audience is saying that yeah this is the time that we need to keep our mind open for change so true because you know when we when we try to get stuck in a fixed mindset it is mm -hmm. really hard to adapt and so that's why this concept of growth mindset is like mm -hmm. such an important thing that you continue to grow and learn do you have any thoughts about how we can shift from this fixed mindset to growth mindset or open mindedness so what i would say is that and this is something like, you know, you and I did our, our basic master's education many years ago. At one point in time, it used to be, I've done my studies. Now, whatever I have is going to take me for the rest of the rest of my life. But what's changed is that I think technology is sort of accelerating the change. So what we now need to be able to do is to be willing to continuously learn. So it's all like almost be a student, be a little bit humble and say, I'm open to learning and the learning could come from any source. It's not going to be from where you think the traditional sources. And so remember I was telling you when I was work, working with the kids. And so in some ways it taught me like these kids were like 10 years old and yet I had to be open to learning from them because they probably knew more about soccer than I did. The same way you real, you realize where we used to have hierarchies in, in the, the business where it was like, well, I'm a partner, you're only a senior, you're just a manager, you need to listen to me. But that's changing because 
that it now it needs to be based more on your skills. So it's moving from a meritocracy to a holacracy, which means each person brings their separate skills to the table, which means your skill is sort of you're like a psychiatrist. You understand people with their, their insights. I might understand business operations, but which means that we have to then respect each person, what their capabilities are. Somebody might have more stronger technology experience than you and I have. He or she may be a lot younger than us, but then we need to respect the knowledge that they bring. So I think we are in this time where it, you have to say, I need to know, I need to know what I know, but there's also, there's a lot of things I don't know and connect with people and be willing to listen to them who will bring those skills and be like a student for the rest of your life. That's the only way you're going to continue to sort of be able to deal with, with change. And that's basically having sort of the, the growth mindset. Yeah. And I know like, you know, before, before growth mindset theory and research came out, uh, people used to believe that, let's say, your intelligence is where it is and you're born with it and you can't change it. Mm. And so when the research came out with growth mindset, it kind of indicated that, no, your ability, your emotional intelligence mm. can actually change and grow. And so you become more open and you learn and you can become more successful if you are, if you keep learning, constant learning, like you're saying, yes. we need to, in our field, like, you know, we have to do continuous medical education, right. but, you know, I just went through this whole phase of when, when I started this podcast, I, I had to learn so much new technology uh, when I was trying to write my book or doing my audio book every new technology initially was very very stressful because i had to do this learning and mm. i think i think for kids it is easier because they're learning like you know they're excited mm. about everything they'll see things for the beginner's mind mm -hmm. and when as adult we kind of get into this mind frame that i know it been there mm. should mm. know i should know i should not have to learn i should not have this hard time but we do <laughs> any right. change is hard but if we keep our mind open keep mm -hmm. listening keep learning then we can get better and better every day and i think right. it's the incremental growth rather than mm. this switch okay i yes. don't know and i know right it's like you know gradual learning like you know when you're doing an exercise you're building your muscles gradually your capacity to lift weight keeps on increasing as you practice. Same is like, you know, your resilience to change keep on improving as you practice. And so, in fact, now there's enough books and stuff. And in fact, I'm reading one which actually says intelligence or even is, is no determination of how far you would go. It's grit. It's having that ability to to get back up and say, okay, I can do this, be willing to constantly learn and, and keep moving forward. I think that's becoming much more important to say, hey, okay, I fell down, not a problem. Now let me get up again. And I'm sure you've heard of that, right? Fail, fail fast, figure out what you learn from that mistake and then say, okay, what do I need to do next? How do I sort of change what I did so that I can succeed the next time? If not the next time, then the third time, but that's becoming more and more critical. So that's how you prepare for change. Mm. Yes. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't look at it as failure. Look at it as what it, that was a learning experience. What did I learn? What can I do differently next time? Doesn't mean you'll get it right, but it's so important to be, it's okay. Don't think of it as that I have failed. Just say, shit, it sucked. What did I learn from it? And then say, what should I be doing differently the next time? Wonderful. Yeah. I, I have a technique in the book. It's called 
Ophi, I call it opportunities for improvement. Mm -hmm. So you see what you were able to achieve. Like if your if your goal was to let's say walk ten thousand steps a day, and mm -hmm. then you were only able to uh, walk seven thousand steps, mm -hmm. instead of saying, "Oh, you bad girl, you did not meet your mm -hmm. goal." You say, okay, I I achieved seventy percent of my goal. Mm -hmm. So good job. What prevented me from doing the thirty percent, and what can I do? And then you take that mm -hmm. steps. So yeah, so and that's what that's where that grit comes in. Say you're not yeah. going to give up. You shouldn't say, oh, I'm such a failure. I didn't. I only made it to seventy percent. Say, okay, now I did. What should I do next? How do I keep on building my skill? Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, at this point in time, I'm going to invite the audience. If you have any questions, please put that in in the comment box. And so we talked about Nida that we need to be flexible. We need to center ourselves. Make a checklist: what you know, what you don't know, so that you can take steps to learn more. Uh, use feedback and elicit help, and be okay with uncertainty. And use a sense of humor, but don't let other people put you down. Yeah. And open to learning from others, and be mindful of how uh, you affect others too. Uh -huh. And be humble. Listen for a reason behind resistance, and embrace change as a constant puzzle, like you know, as a, as a game. And um, keep getting better and better. So, do you have any uh, message for our audience at this time? So the only thing I would say is don't be afraid of change. Think of this that 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 it's it's going to be happening. It's just what you now you need to do is to figure out how well you can do that. Don't ever think of yourself like I have failed. Think okay, what did I learn from that last experience? Because everything that you go through sometimes you will learn more from your failures than you ever do from your successes. And I think that's what you find you say and and as long as you have that mindset you're going to be able to do and to deal with any kind of change and don't be afraid to ask for help and like i said help will come from sources that you might not have even thought and i like in today's world be okay your kids might know more about technology than you probably do so i think that those are sort of the two or three things that i would say be okay with change do not be afraid to ask for help and do never think of yourself as having failed say just what did i learn and what do i need to do differently and keep moving on Thank you. So we learned a lot, and thank you for sharing. And I just want to share that Anita is willing to give free one-hour advice to the first ten people who request that. So if you would like to meet with Anita one-on-one, -on -one, uh, please go ahead and let us know in the comment box. And before we go into the special of the day, I just want to remind that if you want to get reminders for these programs and get the gifts that we share, please text JOYFUL to 38470. And so let's go to the special of the day. Are you ready? So, you know, changes are, are hard, but, you know, they are realities of life. So they are going to happen and they are going to change you. change is going to change you now it depends on you how you how you respond to them that would determine the uh, results of this change and a uh, one technique one thought that helps me and a lot of my patients is the concept of the analogy of milk versus water so you know when the heat the challenge of heat is there milk boils and then spills over and messes up the stove and i hate that when i have to clean that but water when it boils it transforms and rises above 
Now you have the choice of either being like milk and resist the change and become so angry and spill and lose a lot of things or become like water, transform and rise above. And that would determine. So you can put in the comment, uh, do you behave like water or milk when you are facing the stress of change? And remember each step you take towards improving your mental health, you are transforming your stress to joy. So adopt to change, take one step today, you can do it. Till next time, Dr. Rosie.